It's time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. We are in mid-January. We are rolling right along here into season four of the Get Home Safe podcast. Hard to believe, but uh, as I said last week, uh, hey, like it or not, ready or not, the world keeps spinning. Uh, The pods hopefully keep coming out, and uh, there's a few consistencies out there uh, in the world that we can always count on. Uh, Sometimes it is just the sun coming up. Sometimes it is uh, you know, you're going to have a long day at work on uh, Friday when you're trying to get out of there. And, and typically uh, something that is very constant that is you, you can set your watch by is uh, Dallas Cowboys failing in the postseason. And uh, for the first time in 30 years, that's right, 30 years, uh, I am 38 years old now, uh, but for the first time in 38, 30 years, excuse me, um, the Dallas Cowboys, man. Get a road playoff victory. I I think I speak for everyone when I say congratulations. I, I think you need to hang a banner for that one. A wild card win on the road. Well done, Dallas Cowboys. You beat a Tom Brady that is, uh, well... Uh, definitely on the uh, the tail end of his career, and we've seen this before. And I and I and I, in all seriousness, I do want to give Dallas some credit, but it is hilarious to me the uh, the the confidence that comes that pours out of people. First playoff road win in thirty years, nineteen ninety three. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I heard that stat. I was like, that is hilarious, hilarious. Uh, just to put it in perspective. The last time the Dallas Cowboys had a road playoff victory, Tom Brady had his learner's permit. Yes, he was 15 years old, did not even have a driver's license. And uh, 30 years later, that uh, teenage kid would uh, would make history as the, uh, the first Dallas uh, playoff. I've got to keep it all together here. First Dallas playoff. For all of Tom Brady's accomplishments, he is the first Dallas playoff victory in the 21st century on the road. That is really cool. I, I think we need to uh, have a ceremony of some type. Uh, as much as I give hate on the Cowboys, you know, they don't even, they barely make the metal stand of my hatred out there. They're they're firmly in the, in the bronze position. You guys know where I stand with the Raiders and of course that dreaded 49er team. So uh, as uh, the 49ers, Prevailed this last weekend, defeating the uh, Seattle Seahawks, who who came in with, with a fighting spirit, but the second half, the Niners were just too much. Uh, the 49ers and Cowboys, uh, two teams I despise. Well, I, I would go Al-Qaeda, Taliban, uh, 49ers, and then maybe vegetables. There's a few other things below before I get to Dallas, to the Dallas Cowboys. I respect the great state of Texas. 
Uh, I like Texas football. I like the the passion cowboy. I mean, Cowboys, that's rather masculine uh, mascot. How can you not hate that? The rugged West. Okay. There's some things to support there, but I just, they're, they're America's team. Who, who declared this America's team? Uh, America's uh, been, been uh, not doing so well in the postseason on the road the past 30 years, if, if they're America's team, but uh, America has been in decline and maybe that's the reason. Um, but I do despise the 49ers as you guys are well aware, um, especially the LA 49er fans, but, God bless you. We all uh, make mistakes. I've made plenty. And the 49ers and Cowboys will be teeing off against each other this weekend. The only silver lining, the only silver lining, uh, in, again, meeting the second consecutive time in the postseason, is that one of them will go home. And I, you know what? There is one time, maybe, maybe, no, there's one time in my life where uh, I root for the Cowboys, and that is when they play the dreaded 49ers. So, I heard, I was talking to a cowboy fan uh, earlier in the week, not the one you're thinking of, um, but it was uh, you know again we have a uh, the super spreaders of uh, the, these fan bases that, I, that you guys know I, I've talked the, the big ones the Cowboys and the 49ers all over here in Southern California especially, but um, I was talking about 49er fans and just my feeling towards them and and the the, the comment that was made to me was pretentious. This was coming from a cowboy fan, which is hilarious, but. They said Cal 49 fans pretentious. So it was like, that's a big word. I got to look it up to make sure. But yeah, annoying, all those things. Uh, and I know there's there's a few. I don't know if they still listen to this podcast or not. There's some there's some Super Bowl deniers from last year, you know, who who, who deny uh the things that happened or whatever. And um, which is last year. I always talk about recent relevance. That's what's hilarious about the whole um the whole Dallas Cowboy thing. And again, hey, if, if congrats, man. 21st century, it's been here 23 years. You finally got a road playoff win. I'm happy for you guys. Uh, it, just just incredible stuff. Uh, Dak Prescott did look great. Cowboys defense of, is, of course, unreal. And uh, I kind of, I picked the Bucks, thinking maybe Brady had a little magic in him, but uh, it was Dallas um, uh, from kick till, till final whistle there. And uh, rightfully so. They got a good team. There's a reason they won 12 games. They're heading up to San Francisco. Uh, this is going to be a heck of a game, uh, I think, um, regardless of my opinion of the two teams. Um, you know what? I, I think Dak Prescott, uh, some people say he's not elite. I think he's better than Brock Purdy. But Brock Purdy has shown us recently uh, in the past few weeks that uh, all he does is win, man. And he's got a great cast around him. So it's going to be a good uh, football game. Um, you remember what happened last year with the final final play and Dak running the draw and, and running out of time and everything. I think we're looking at another very close game. Um, my only hope in this entire thing from here on out is the Philadelphia Eagles. I think, cause if, if the giants are able to pull an upset uh, again, uh, I mean, even though Minnesota was kind of an average team, if the giants were able to find a way to get to the NFC championship game, I, I think it's Cowboys or 49ers going to the Super Bowl because I just don't think they have the horses. But stranger things have happened. So I think, unfortunately, we're looking at a potential Cowboy or 49er NFC champion uh, headed to the Super Bowl, which uh, just just hurts, man, especially after my team finally wins a Super Bowl in Los Angeles. Uh, but hey, there's sacrifices that must be made. It's a lesson, I think to all of us that, Hey, how bad do you really, really want something? How bad do you really pray for something or ask Santa for something? You may get it, but it may come with uh, repercussions, if you will. So I believe with, with this stuff, my whole life, uh, the Ram mediocrity and uh, the 49er annoyance and, and cowboy 
whatever you want to call it to just uh arrogance we'll say I, I don't know it's all it's all there and it's what makes football great because even if you don't have a team in the race you start rooting in indirectly and sometimes you don't root at all like i was kind of pulling for the chargers last week but what they did in the state of florida i i mean what an absolute collapse that, that was the worst florida uh uh comeback in florida since what al gordon and uh, george george w bush i mean brutal how do you go up 27 nothing and lose that game how do you lose that game and i'm gonna start trevor lawrence throwing the four interceptions okay you, you yeah you spotted them a few points but my goodness, Chargers. And I want to talk directly about something that happened in that game with uh, with uh, Joey Bosa and uh, the referees. And you know me, I, I defend the referees whenever I can. I try to at least provide perspective for you guys that maybe just want to react and be like, how could they do that? I, I try to give some type of explanation, and sometimes there is no explanation. It's a, That was a bad call, or hey, there was no excuse for that. But I want to go into... Not the play call because there's a million and one plays. What's holding, what's not. Uh, it is what it is. But I'm all about behavior, right? And uh, Joey Bosa, for him to uh, act the way in which he did, uh, I, I think he had it coming to him. And and some people would say, uh, well, wait a minute. What did, what did he say to the referee, uh, Sean Smith? Uh, if you if you watch the game, he walks by Sean Smith. He says something. He doesn't, he, these guys, these athletes, they know how to play the game. They know there's cameras on at all times. Uh, they know how to walk by an official and to say something maybe under their breath. Um, when you are a football player, you have a helmet on, so you can't always see what they're saying. He walked by Sean Smith and he said something to him that uh, sent Sean Smith off uh, big time. And he ran back in front of Joey Bosa and said, what'd you say to him? Basically. And so my perception, my, my two cents of the whole thing is this. Uh, number one, it probably wasn't the first thing Bosa said to Smith all night. Uh, number two, it could have been something very egregious, a big no-no. Uh, basically, you and then not something good. You are blankety blank. Uh, it could have been that. And uh, you know, it could have been something that he misunderstood. I mean, when you're constantly berated all game by one in individual guy, you're berated by people all game. But when it's one guy who is just going over the top, you eventually draw a line in the sand as a, as an official and say, look at, I've, I'm tired of listening to you. All right. I'm tired of it. Like this is, it is what it is. You don't have to like it, but you're not going to um, whine and complain to me all game. So eventually you got to draw a line. And, but I think whatever he said was probably something pretty bad because think if you just think about the official, how many referees have you seen done that in a football game where the referee he walked by him, he said something, he ran in front of him and he mouthed it. What'd you say? And he ended up flagging him, right? How many times have you seen that? Not a lot, right? Meaning um, it was probably something pretty bad that Bosa said. I love announcers and how they always assume like just from watching a video, like, oh man, he didn't even do anything. It's like, how do you know what he said? You have no idea what he said. We always assume that the player didn't say anything when we see a referee reaction. And it's like, there's a reaction because something was said that either crossed the line or was, uh, again, you just uh, prolonged or whatever. There's a reason for the reaction. And I'm not totally excusing Sean Smith in this. I mean, it looked like he lost his cool a little bit. And the referees, officials are supposed to be, oh, the, you know, supposed to have thin skin, right? And all this. But I'm telling you, man, it's human beings out there. And referees are under a ton of scrutiny right now, uh, nationwide, especially at the highest level. 
um, the, the whole roughing the passer thing. I, I, am so mad about it in the NFL and, and what it has become and how, um, just, just vile. Oh my goodness. You tackled someone. We, we have to throw a flag. Right. And it's from the owners. It's the people can complain about it all. They want all the defensive players, but it all comes from the owners. It comes from the overreacting, uh, uh, commissioner and the, and the league executives on down. We're paying these quarterbacks 40, 50 million. We can't have them hurt. Whereas, uh, a penalty flag is not going to magically make somebody rise from their injury. Right. But I'm tired of all this safety talk on, I'm going to say something controversial. I I'm sorry. I, I have no issue with, with more. I, I watch boxing. I watch MMA. I watch it for the violence. And yes, I watch football for some regulated, rele, relegated, regulated violence. And there was a brutal injury at the end of the, uh, the, the Buccaneer cowboy game. Sad to see. This is part of why we watch this stuff. Okay. It's not, it doesn't have to be popular. Oh, no, I watch it for the wide receivers to catch passes in the corners and to drag their feet. We watch football for the trench warfare for it used to be big hits that you can't have those anymore. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, you know what? How come there's no CTE talk for uh, MMA fighters and, and boxing, boxing uh, fighters? You know what? Those dudes take some pretty nasty shots and you could say well it's not on a weekly basis you know like like football is but uh this this attack pun intended on uh the violence of football it's just gotten out of control and it's uh watered down the game i mean you can't hit receivers over the middle anymore that used to be a big time thing and you know you know what's a good cure to not get smoked over the middle of the field don't run that route don't throw that pass but now it's like oh the defender oh you, can, you can't hit a guy now a quarterback i mean Oh, back to the officiating. So officials are put in impossible situations and in playoff atmospheres, athletes are going just super intense, all in, right? Every little thing that happens is scrutinized and they just want every play. They want 51% of the gray area. And so I, I think honestly, that's what happened. People are saying, how could Sean Smith be that unprofessional and blah, blah, blah. I guarantee you, if you heard what, uh, Bosa said in the game, you'd probably be saying the same thing. Well, that's very unprofessional. You know, what's unprofessional is slamming your helmet down, uh, having it picked up by your head coach handed to you and then slamming it down again. I would have flagged him again personally. Um, because I was, uh, you know, if I was at a point in my career where I was like, uh, nope, we are going to, uh, shoot a hostage here. No pun intended. Sorry. Sorry. Too soon. Whatever. Um, I'm not, I'm not worrying about offending anybody. You get the imagery uh, to set an example. Hey, put everyone in line. Like this isn't, this behavior is not okay. Boom flag. Oh, it's your second one. You're ejected. Go, go complain in the locker room. Uh, that said, yeah, there were some pretty rough calls uh, all weekend and there always are. Everyone's shocked like that this happens, but it's the best athletes in the world. Yes. The world uh, who are uh, competing and, and trying to, Gain, gain gain an advantage in every inch and scratching and clawing and so yeah things pop up that are more controversial i just tell people all the time like the fact that you think it's the best uh you think the fact that these are the best people allegedly in the world do and are struggling at something i mean you see the best football players in the world and make mistakes i mean why would you think that officials don't make mistakes i mean it's just it's just hard to do and I do want to speak to something that, uh, you know, Jason Whitlock mentioned. He's the only guy I really uh, heard talk about this. 
but I, I do agree in a sense. And I, and I wasn't robbed of any kind of job or anything when, when I was clim- climbing the ranks or whatever. But I do think there is something to be said. Let's look at, uh, I don't know, airline pilots. You look at any industry you want. When you start trying to fulfill quotas of certain, I don't know, groups of people, certain genders, we need we need uh, this many Asian chefs in our restaurant. We need this many uh, Peruvian uh, airplane pilots. Uh, w- when you start doing things that way in any business you have, um, you're not looking necessarily for the best people. Maybe the best pilot is a Peruvian uh, dude who has a taxi company. I don't know. I, I would guess not, but uh, you, you never know. I mean, why is there no, you know what? I want to see more. I want to see more Asian referees out there in football. We don't, I, I, I have never seen any Asian referees. Maybe there is one and I haven't seen one. I mean, that's just how ridiculous some of this stuff is. And the NFL wants to push, you know, uh, women out there. I got nothing against, I've worked with women. I got nothing against women officials. Uh, there's plenty of bad male officials, but my point is when you start trying to say we need more, I don't know, representation, whatever the words you want to use. Um, can you, that'd be like saying to an NFL team, okay, in the draft, you can only draft uh, in all seven rounds that you have, unless you're Rams who give up all, all your draft picks. Um, in all seven rounds, you have to select a player from every single conference. But wait a minute, but the best players are in the, all. most of them are in the SEC. There might be a good Pac-12 player here or there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we need to make sure that everyone in in football, in the NFL, where we're trying to get the very best, that we have equal representation from each team. No, no, no. Maybe there are four or five Georgia players drafted, and rightfully so. They're the best team, or the best conference, uh, the best competition. So maybe that happens. But you see my point. You cannot try to get equal representation or whatever you're trying to do. Uh, you know what I found maybe, um, I mean, my job's unique. I, there's a lot of women at my job. Uh, it's, I wouldn't say it's about 50, 50, but I would say 60, 40, maybe 70, 30, uh, male to female, uh, because it's a job where it attracts men and women pretty much equally. They have an equal, equal interest in doing it. Not every job does that. And just because there's one, I don't know, uh, Filipino uh, referee in the entire country uh, doesn't mean, well, well, we need a Filipino guy. Let's push him to the front of the line. I mean, that's just not how things work. And this is why you can't play identity politics with everything. You just can't do that. And so I'm not saying that's why the officiating's bad. I got to make myself completely clear. I never got to the NFL. I was a marginal college official. But but uh, I've seen it at different levels too, and it's just like it's not always. Don't 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 try to paint me in some type of corner here. Like oh, Matt hates these people. He hates those people. I don't hate any people. Well, let's see. I hate some people, but not the people you think. Um, usually, like murderers and you know criminals and stuff who 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 generally get, get free releases and everything else. But uh, I, I don't care anything about some the identity of somebody. Like no, who what what type of fruit does your tree tree branches uh, produce? Is is all I care about. So. Uh, you just cannot function this way. And people are going to complain. People are going to point fingers. And it's like, well, wait a minute. You wanted equity, right? I'm using the officiating as an example of where we're at in society. Uh, air traffic control, you know, that whole that whole mess. We tried to be, we want to be equity, right? We want to have a certain, I don't know, 
you know, Pete Buttigieg, is he the guy in charge? Does he know what he's doing? I, I don't know. There, there's a, We haven't had all these flight cancellations and flight issues before. Uh, you generally would, in a, in a football game, you look at the head coach. Hey, why is this team losing? But we don't do that in other areas of our lives. I'm all over the place. I know. It's a Tuesday night. I'm a little tired. No excuses. We power through and uh, and and we keep going. So how long have I gone already? 17 minutes or so. No, 20 minutes. All right. So the funniest thing is also blaming referees in a comeback loss. Like Charger fans are furious at the referees. And it's like, wait, wait a minute. I think mirrors still work in the country. Maybe they'll be outlawed soon because they show, they reflect back to you. And some people don't want to see what is looking back at them. And so I'm sure uh, here in, in 2035, we will outlaw mirrors to some extent because they are very hurtful for our fragile feelings. But if you're a team that blows a 27-point lead, you have zero, and I mean zero, zero ability uh, to, to, to look at the officiating as the problem. The referees did not miss tackles. They did not miss blocks. And they didn't blow a 27-point lead. That's on you. That is on you. Uh, you know, in the dugouts, uh, Often when I'd be umpiring, you know, you'd ball a pitch, close pitch should have been, oh, it should, you know, look like strike three or whatever. Uh, inning should have ended. And then, of course, the game knows. The game, I was a saying, and the game knows. The game, the game gets you. The game, the baseball gods, whatever. And then a pitch later, a guy would double in the tying run or whatever. And then you don't hear from the dugout, that's on you, you know, meaning me, the umpire. And that'd be an ejection. And, and uh, you know, for the most part, generally be an ejection. Uh, anytime you put that, that's on you. You know, that's like, whoa, you're getting personal here. Not can't have that. So that's what I want to say to the Chargers and their fan base. Both of you, that's on you. <laughs> Don't you blame officials. Look in a mirror and uh, you know what? Uh, play for four quarters, will you? Um, let me see. You know what's cool in the playoffs? It's really cool to see guys who have been on bad teams and who are now seeing success in the postseason. Saquon Barkley comes to mind. He was drafted high overall for the uh, New York football giants, the G-men, who uh, are having some success here. Big playoff win. Brian Dable, man, coach of the year for sure. Um, but anyway, Saquon Barkley and seeing the fire and the energy in him because you go to Penn State, you're a big-time player, you get drafted by the, the by the Giants, and then all of a sudden you just take a, a beating, a pounding. How come Saquon can't get any yards? You, you're on some three-win, four-win teams. You're just – I mean, you're paid professional to show up every day and, and give your best effort and, and improve daily, but uh, that would wear on you, man, just constantly losing all the time and having no success – it's a reason why guys snap and do stupid things. So it was cool for me to see, as an example, someone like Saquon Barkley, who's been on bad football teams for a long time, and to see him playing with passion, firing his guys up. I mean, just you could see he was so hungry to win. And uh, I think when you see guys on bad teams, you think they they lose that hunger. Like, oh, that's not a winner. He just doesn't want to win. I think it's, it's far from the truth, and it's something in the NFL specifically where the, the worst teams in the league – they still got some amazing players, some great talent, talent. that just, it looks bad compared to the other greatest athletes in the world. Uh, but you, you just, you can't sit there and say, oh man, all the, the players on the Chicago bears, the, the number one uh, pick coming up this year, the number one team team picking number one this next year. Oh, they got nothing but bad players. Do you know how marginal, how thin that line is between just great and excellence and uh, to, 
to just being looking ridiculous. I mean, look at the Rams. I mean, they win the Super Bowl last year, and they look like a completely different team. Injuries, of course, and all that, but that's how thin the line is in the NFL, and and I got to imagine in in other sports as well. So um, it's just cool to see guys who've stuck it out, who have uh, stuck with their team, kept fighting, kept playing hard. Basically the opposite of like a LeBron James. That's kind of the way I'd like to put it. Um, Guys who've been on bad teams now seeing success. Really cool to see. Just another awesome thing, part of the postseason. Uh, Let me see. I don't want to go there. You know what I like to do, especially when I have a long weekend of football watching, and it was a long weekend, two games Saturday, three on Sunday, one on Monday night. You got to do what you got to do. The announcers drive me crazy. So crazy, unless you get like an Al Michaels, love Al Michaels. Um, who else? I just, I cannot stand Buck and Aikman anymore. They they just, uh, speaking of pretentious, they have that just, they, I don't know. I just, I used to kind of like them. Now it's just a joke. I, I much prefer Eli and, and Peyton on their broadcast because they're talking strategy and stuff. But man, I tell you, it's weird. I know people will probably look at me like I'm crazy, but man, when I get a chance, I got the game on, I usually volume pretty much down. I got some music going, maybe a podcast in my ear. I'm utilizing like all three different, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what is, what would you call that uh, entities or, uh, all these electronic devices or whatever, and just different things to kind of make the games more interesting, you know, beats the downtime. And I'm able to listen to a few things, which I really, really like. So, uh, I know I'm a lunatic, but that is just something that uh, I I enjoy when I'm by myself. I don't have friends to talk to about the game or whatever. I'll text some people. I'll, I'll send out some social media posts, but that's kind of what I like to do. Music, podcast, and the game on, um, unless I really, really need to listen to something because generally um, they're just like, oh man, what a run, or hey, second and seven, or if there's some type of explanation, I'll turn it up. But uh, yeah, the guys in the in the broadcast world, they are, are few and far between for sure. Where are we at now? Okay, 25 minutes. Looking good. So uh, playoff games this weekend. Uh, first of all, the recap, Seattle, not much of a chance. I mean, they hung in there, took the lead at half. Uh, the Jaguars coming back against the Chargers. That was awesome. Uh, the Dolphins, who were very undermanned and, and outgunned, I thought they they fought hard. Uh, I, I The whole delay of game stuff, man. I mean, I don't know. You know, it's got to be hard getting the right play out and wording all that and making a, a decision within, you know, 10, 20 seconds. But to have delay games in, in key situations is is a pretty rough indeed. The Bengals and the Ravens, uh, guys, I, you know what? Mark Carson has said this on the Charge to Keep podcast before. There's no reason to reach the ball for the goal line unless it's fourth down or maybe a two-point conversion. There's just too many bad things that can happen. If you can't score on the next play uh, by getting that close to the goal line, do not reach the ball for the goal line, get knocked out. It could get taken 98 yards for a touchdown. The other way, it could go out of the end zone for a touchback, which is a great rule. Despite what uh, modern day media says about it. One of the only defensive rules in football, uh, I, I think is great. So ball goes out of bounds anywhere else on the field. Uh, it just goes back to the offense. There should be a, as, as we're written in the rule book, Years ago, the uh, fumble out of the back of the defense's end zone is a touchback. I think it's a great role. So um, you just can't do that stuff. I mean, think of all the hard work you put in all summer, all season, all preseason, just all the details, fighting through injuries, all the schematics and the scheming. And you lose a game basically because you reached for the goal line uh, when you didn't need to. And to have the ball hit out it and taking 98 yards the other way for a touchdown. I mean, uh, that's what drives coaches uh, 
just crazy. And, and it's, it's what makes the game of football just a beautiful game because anything could happen. And that was something I had never seen before, especially uh, in a playoff game. Uh, I do like John Harbaugh. I think he's one of the best coaches in the league. I made a list of uh, who I thought the, the best coaches were in, in the NFL. And I'll probably get to that maybe in a week or so, but he was asked a question. We got to stop with this sideline questions from reporters after the first quarter, after the third quarter, let's go down to the sideline and talk to the coaches. Stop it. What are we trying to, we're trying to do this instant access or whatever uh, nonsense for, to, to get what's well, going through the coaches mind. Stop bothering these guys. And, and it's usually coming from a sideline reporter that pretends to know football, but doesn't know anything about it. They're pretty and they've been around a long time. And uh, don't get me started on some of the uh, experts in in uh, football, whether they're on the sidelines or in the booth or or whatever. I mean, and I'm not, it's not a female thing either. Um, uh, Anthony McFarland, I won't even say his real name. Uh, he's an absolute joke. He was on the sideline at one point. They put him up in the ESPN pregame show now. He, he's an embarrassment. Uh, there's a lot of guys like that. And you just... Shake your head thinking, man, I wish I would have sucked this stuff out and, and started at an early age in college to go right into broadcasting or something to to maybe uh, get, a, get a head start and, and get my own radio show and stuff someday. But I got the free Get Home Safe podcast with, you know, 28 listeners or however many people are tuning in. So I am uh, about as happy uh, as can be. So stop talking to the coach. Talking to the coaches as they're running off the field for halftime is one thing. And even that's a little too much. Let's talk to the the coach in between quarters. He doesn't want to talk to you, but let's try to get something out of him. And John Harbaugh was pretty upset because they're kind of almost going into strategy and game decisions and stuff like that's nobody's business. We are so critical of coaches and every decision they make. How could they do that? How could they? It's because and 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 then we want them to talk to the reporters during the game, give us some insight on what why you're making what what decisions you're making. Stop it. Let them do their thing. Let them coach, man. Uh, they have consultants on the sideline. I mean, if you want to be a sideline reporter and, and watch, you know, watch the coaches, what they're doing. Okay, fine. And this is, again, coming from a guy that has kind of become a little sideline reporter for the Real Hondo Prep football team uh, and the charge of keep pod and, and trying to offer information to our broadcast team, but not giving away too much because there's stuff you could say. You're like, oh, we shouldn't have done that. So. I'm speaking from a little experience here, uh, not much. And they're the professionals. They make the millions, I know. But I'm allowed to have opinions. You criticize referees. I can criticize uh, the way things work, the way the work, the way the workers, the way of the world. Uh, I'll get away from football for a minute. Um, crazy circle. Oh, that was something else. I, um, you know, I'm a guy, and I know I run a podcast, uh, actually, too, and it's like, Matt, what you know, you just ramble into a mic and say what's on your mind. And I, I don't know that I could do this stuff in front of a, a, a live studio audience or anything. Uh, maybe it would be fun to get some questions and things, but it's just not in my nature. I've said this before. Public speaking terrified me, still does. Uh, to talk in front of a, a group of people is just uh, horrible to talk to uh, a, a girl uh, approaching a young lady you know, back in the day when, you know, I had to do those things um, terrified me. I could work home plate in front of 10, 20,000 people. No big deal. Just in the zone. Go ahead. Yell at me. Think what you want about me. I'm, I'm doing my thing. Um, so it's crazy how we are sometimes, but I, I remember one friend um, and, and, and we were out, you know, uh, after I can't remember when it was. I don't think it was, it wasn't umpire related. It was just friend, friends out, you know, on a weekend or something. And um, 
you know, you're, you're looking for, you know, places to sit and get a table and stuff like that. And, and whether, or belly up and stuff like that. And so, but I remember when he said these words, I thought to myself, man, we are completely uh, different people and that's totally fine. Totally fine. Trust me. Um, but the words he said was something like, I would say, Hey, do you want to sit here? Or you, Hey, you want to sit? And, uh, I mean, we need to find a place to, to sit, uh, you know, or something along those lines. And he's like, no, I'll stand. He says, I'll stand up. He says, I said, okay, cool. Cause there's times I want to stand too. But, but the words that came out of his mouth was, he says, when you stand, you get noticed. And I just remember thinking, well, I got no problem standing. I've stood on fields for a long time. Stood, up, you know, um, the last thing I want is to get no like I don't have that bone in my body. Maybe other people do, and that's why they uh, they're really good at Instagram or whatever. But I was like, what do you mean notice? Like what by women? Like whether I stand on a chair or sit on a chair, no woman's gonna notice me. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, and and I don't care. I wouldn't want that. I would hate that. I hated eyes on me. It changed as an official. Like I said, you put that uniform on and uh, you go out there with your buddies to work games. It was totally different. It was one area of my life, my one little, uh, not a force field, but just a, you go out there and you got like your arm, you feel like you got your armor on and you're impenetrable at times, even though you get chased off the field and yell that all the time. But um, I just, that, that always stuck with me. And, and it's sometimes from friends, it's like one little sentence that sticks with you and you, that you remember. And, and that was something I just, I remember that all the time. I was like, getting noticed. That's the last thing I want. And I know there's been, uh, what is it? Uh, I read that book or part of it one time was talking about like how to uh, pick up basically to uh, how to talk to women or whatever. And a, a few friends were talking about it. And I was like, all right, I'll read a chapter or so. And I was just like, they talk about, you need to peacock. You need to dress like, so that you stand out. I was like, Oh, put this away. Not at all. Are you out of your mind? Stand out. I don't, I've been at games. I've been at places where I know everybody there and I still kind of keep to myself. It is not in my nature by any means to get the spotlight on me. I don't like it. Not one bit, even if it is congratulatory or to say, th I don't know. It's just not my thing at all. Uh, definitely a lot of embarrassment maybe over the course of my, uh, my uh, years on this earth. I don't know, but I just, I, some people like being in the shadows, which I do. And then other people want to be in that spotlight, man. They want to be, and it's weird. I know coming from a guy that's running a podcast, talking into a microphone, hopefully people are listening and watching. And um, that's another reason I didn't want to go on camera and do a YouTube thing. I, I fought it for a while. And then a few of you were like, no, you need to do it. It's just it's the, the new age and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, fine. Got to find a new shirt, sweater. Val got me this for my birthday. Pretty cool, huh? Los Angeles, you know, kind of the city where we live, where you generally root for those sports teams. All right. All right. All right. I, I won't let you crash your car. If you're listening to this, you know who you are. Um, what else can I say about? Uh, yeah. I just remember, you know, oh, it gets you noticed. Like there's times you want to get noticed. I think maybe when you're like, I, I'm one of those guys is like, man, just do your job, work hard. And if, if people take notice or people take notice of you not screwing up, that's a good thing. Like as far as officiating, right? That was our number one thing. Thing that was always said, hey, you're doing a good job if no one notices you. Yes, I completely agree. That's how I like to live my life. I I don't want to be a guy that sticks out, uh, hopefully not negatively, but not positively. Sure, do our thing and like, sure, it's nice to get a pat on the bat, 
every once in a while. But uh, for the most part, I think this is a big difference. I'm not going to get too political here, but I think there's a big difference in like, I don't know. And there's some really confident, you know, conservatives in this and that who, who crave attention. But um, I'm just talking specifically from a government standpoint. Like, I don't want the government to do anything for me. Just leave me alone. Let me do my thing. Give me, let me, just, don't give me anything. Opportunity. I don't want, well, I need to take care of this guy and promote him. And it's like, no, or we need to make laws because of this. No, we don't. Let, no, they're stupid people and we'll, we'll eventually lock them up and, and whatever. But we don't need to stop making laws and rules. We're out, we're going to ban gas stoves here now. What about all the people that are going to freeze to death? Is, is that okay or no? You guys get me going sometimes. I swear, I, I write down a few things during the week. And then I come on here and I fire up the mics. I start the song. I look at my little list and I'm like, man, how am I going to start? How are we going to go? What am I going to do? And uh, most of you are probably like, yeah, we can tell, Matt. We can tell. Totally unprepared. You ramble away. What are you talking about? You're talking about total randomness. I've told you guys before, this is strong opinions and random thoughts. And I've, I've stuck in with, stuck in? Stuck with football for, uh, you know, the past few weeks. And now because it's playoff time. But uh, yeah, I I, I do write down random thoughts. I got to tell you, as a as a guy who's no matter what you're doing, and this is something I didn't do a good enough job in, in officiating. New shoes, man. Every six months, uh, at least your work shoes, not your fashionable shoes. By the way, I we know how women are with all those shoes, uh, and I have some friends who who have this issue because uh, they're they're hip and stylish. How many pairs of shoes is too many pairs of shoes? for a grown man. And, and I'm really asking this sincerely. And I have a few friends that have like 30 different pairs of uh, running shoes and, and tennis shoes. Oh, these are my yellow ones. These are my red, white, and blue ones. These are my... Okay. The men should not have a, a, a lot of different shoes. I think tennis shoes, I would go casual tennis shoes, maybe a pair of workout shoes, uh, maybe a pair for like outdoors like trails or something not quite the uh, boots but something like that uh definitely a few pairs of dress shoes maybe a, a black and a uh either a gray or a brown a slip-on um mul multiple sandals uh some slippers i mean we're almost up to 10 right there which i think is a lot for grown men pair of cowboy boots gotta have a pair of cowboy boots i'm working on a second pair uh for this summer definitely need a black pair but I don't think grown men should have any more than definitely not more than 15. And that's a high number. I would go 10, honestly, 10 pairs of shoes. That's, that's 20 individual shoes, clothing. Like how many sandals do you need? Okay. You have two pairs of sandals, one for the water, one for uh, going. I've talked to you guys about men wearing jeans and, and sandals. I don't like it. The, the, hey, I won't, I don't know anything about fashion. Look at me. Look what, look at me. I don't know anything about any of this stuff. I'm just saying, from a grown man standpoint, pair of work shoes. Mm, how many sho how many shoes should grown men have? Man card violation. If you have more than ten, somebody write me in. Write write in. Tell me. I want to know. Uh, I'm just. I know some of you guys uh, just one pair of sandals, one pair of tennis shoes, and one pair of uh, of dress shoes, and that's cool. That's fine. I mean, that's really all you need. Pair of slippers, slippers maybe. Um, I got some rain boots that are definitely important for work <laughs> getting out about, I mean, the first few days of having wet feet, you're like never doing that again, buy some rain boots. Um, but back to 
like work shoes. Um, this is something I didn't do a good enough job of in officiating. I'd buy a really nice pair of shoes that it was comfortable and I'd try to like make them last a few years. No, 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 no. If you're wearing a certain pair of shoes every day, which uh, work shoes would fit into this, I got to tell you, man, every five months, every six months max, it's time to get rid of those, get some new ones. I got some great Under Armour uh, tennis shoes that I generally wear for, for work. And um, I've, I've, I'm into like my fourth or fifth pair now. I found a pair that is a great price. Not too expensive where I can afford to buy new ones just because, uh, you know, you got to gotta keep keep the dogs uh, uh, comfortable. You know what I mean? So that has been something I've committed to doing and just like, why didn't I think of this uh, sooner? I don't know how the military or law enforcement is with their, I would think they they care a lot about their feet and stuff. But I didn't, this is a question. See, I'm starting the pod with this thought of new shoes every six months, man. You got to have it. And then it, it just evolved into the. How many shoes should a grown man have in his closet? It's a good question, I think. Let me see. Just off the top of my bed. Okay. Tennis shoes. Uh, okay. Workout shoes. Nice pair of tennis shoes. Maybe some slip-on semi-dress shoes. A uh, pair of nice church dress shoes. Wedding shoes. That's already five right there. A pair of sandals. Uh, a pair of slippers. Uh, cowboy boots, eight. Rain boots, nine. Is there anything I'm think I'm, I'm leaving off? Uh, shower shoes, if you, you know for the gym or for, you know, we, we had those for uh, umpiring or officiating. Yeah. Maybe a dozen. I think a dozen. And then let's call it that any more than a dozen tennis, a dozen tennis shoes, a dozen shoes, at least more than 15, 15 is always my, my number. Right. But uh, yeah, I think that's what I'm going to go with more than 15 pairs of shoes. That's a big time. That's a man card violation. I'm just saying it. I'm saying it. Maybe some of you go, Oh, well, yeah, I have, well, Anyway, you shouldn't be listening to me on, on fashion advice anyway. What am I saying? Uh, but anyway, shoes every six months woo, has been a big time uh, blessing for me. And I'm, and I'm still hurting. I'm still limping around out there. Um, I want you guys to realize something. We all have, uh, we all get packages from uh, different shipping companies, right? And I'm in a lot of businesses. Uh, I, I do a lot of houses too, but but a lot of times that's just dropping it off unless the signature is required or stuff. But we have a little interaction with the customers on the business side of things. And especially when we're picking something up, um, nothing drives me crazy than, um, well, I'm going to try to paint the picture for you guys. Like showing up, interaction with people. Oh, this is my 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 plea for uh, civilians out there who deal with FedEx drivers, UPS drivers, whoever. Um, your stop is not the only stop of the day, okay? It's not the only. So when you start prolonging a stop, there might be 99 other stops that drivers have to get to and minutes matter very much. So your stop is not the only stop. I've run into a few situations where it's been like, well, it's not ready yet. Or they're bringing it up right now. Or it's just like, look at, I got no issue with the, with minor delays. These things happen, but there's other people who are depending on services. And so it just it's interesting to see out in society again just little experiments that i have in the in the world of life and just this whole how how people how people treat others you know a lot of it you see it when you're driving right and how we we think the road is ours i'm very bad i get a lot of road rage not in the truck of course but you know in the car my personal car uh at times but uh yeah i just think i just think that we lose track of, hey, this is not the only stop. A good example would be the grocery store in the grocery line, right? 
when some people in the grocery line are just super slow. Or my favorite is when they try to start making conversation. It's like, what are we doing? Do you can you look for friends somewhere else? Like this is a this is a quick transaction. This is supposed to be quick. Hey, how you doing? Hey, fine, thanks. How are you doing? Yeah, we get raining today. I mean, it should be brief, brief stuff. People think like, well, this is the only opportunity. This cashier's gonna have to talk to someone today. Well, the only opportunity I'm gonna have to talk to someone today. Have you met these people? It's like you don't see there's people behind you who probably don't want to talk to you, want to watch you talk to them. Let's keep things moving. So that's kind of the analogy like uh, I've noticed with like sometimes you run into customers maybe in your walk, walk of life too is um, it could be I'm sure like ordering food and I've been bad at this. You go in a restaurant, you like look at the food, you're like, oh, well, hang on a minute. It's like, wait a minute. Don't step up to the plate if you're not ready to swing. You know what I mean? We're not here to take pitches. We're here to order. Keep things moving. And I'm sure the people working the drive throughs working the cat, they're just like, there's other people, sir, who are waiting to order. You you are not the only person uh, feeling these things, doing these things, whatever. This only person in this activity. These are just observations, guys. Uh, I, I just I throw out there and I don't want you guys to think I'm too much of a crazy person. But um, that's just, you know, the things I think about. Much like the uh, the pandemic we have of dropped passes. If I see another professional wide receiver drop a pass that hits him in the hands, what do you guys practice all year? How do you, I don't understand. It's almost like, the, I don't understand the guys that can't set the edge. Like, hey, you're the, you're the outside guy here. Make sure you don't, they don't run around you. And then the guys just like, like the De Dak Prescott thing. The outside guy came in free and he went for the handoff in the middle of Dak Prescott walked around him. Stuff like it's basic stuff. They call it, you know, uh, protecting your flank in the military. I mean, it's like, I don't know how much about that stuff, but I'm just saying, but, but okay, fine. You, your eyes get manipulated, whatever. But this whole dropping of passes things is driving me crazy. I watch games. I don't even care who's in the game. And I see guys drop passes and it's, you know, Hey, sometimes it could happen, but I see guys, it's like all the time. And I, and I wish with all the criticism of officials out there that we could like start fining guys for dropping passes. It's literally your job. It's a ball. You catch it. What, what is the disconnect? Why is people talk about how great wide receivers are now? Oh, this, they're so, so fast and they're so explosive. And it's like, I, you never saw Tim Brown, Jerry Rice, Chris Carter, uh, you never saw those guys drop passes like that. Michael Irvin. Oh my goodness. I'm not talking about tough catches, uh, toe tappers, one-handed thing. I'm talking about basic catches like in that bills game, uh, Miami, they're chucking it deep early and they got all these drop passes. I, it, it's just inexcusable to me. You can't drop passes. You just can't do it. You're a wide receiver. Not a retriever. Catch the ball. Just catch it. I mean, you, you hit your hands and you get blown up fine. You would have felt better if you would have caught it. But just catch it, man. What What is what is going on? It just, the sport has almost, in some areas, people talk about the physicality of it. I'm just talking about basic stuff. Like catching a ball. Catch the ball. Right here. Two hands. Diamond, pickies together, however, whatever your style is. Catch it. I know field goals are hard to kick. I know blocking guys is difficult, but catching a ball, that's a choice. Most of the things we do in our life is a conscious 
decision. And I've dropped the ball in my life. Yes, I have. But most of the things that occur in our life are conscious decisions. We make a conscious decision to get out of bed. We make a conscious decision. I'm going to sit here and watch TV. We make a conscious decision. I'm going to go work out. We make a conscious decision what we put in our mouth. There's no one spoon feeding us. No one is going to hold your hand into the job you're doing. I know I'm all over the place. And if you're still with me, God bless you. Godspeed. But I just drop passes. I, I It drives me up the wall. I mean, it, it's just unbelievable. And it's at all levels. But especially in the NFL, millions of dollars to catch a football. Now, I know getting tackled's hard. I know running is hard. But to catch a ball? What are we doing? Catch the ball. Please. For the love of God, I need this. I cannot I cannot watch this stuff. Uh, I can't. It's just stuff like that drives me crazy. Okay. Brief predictions before I got to go today. I look at the four playoff games, the 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 great eight, right? Four in the AFC, four in the NFC. Uh, it's I love the wild card weekend. This weekend, and I'll see the, the AFC NFC championship weekend is probably my favorite weekend of the year. Two games on Sunday determine who goes to the Super Bowl. The, div the divisional round is a, is a close second. You got two games Saturday and two games on Sunday to determine uh, who who advances to the final four. Jacksonville at Kansas City. Uh, I, I think Jacksonville has had a great year. I think uh, th they'll keep it closer maybe than people uh, think. You know, you never know what to expect with the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are the best team in football, and they could blow out the Jags, but I think the Jags got some fighting spirit in them. They'll keep it at uh, at least uh, ten points. I don't think this will this will turn into a route. Uh, too bad anyway, and uh, you know we'll see we'll see what happens. But I think the uh, the Chiefs will come out victorious in the Saturday night game. Giants Eagles Eagles have been off for a week; they're banged up again. I think the Giants uh, come to play. It's tough to uh, play a team for the third time, division rivals here. Uh, but I think the Eagles will squeak out a win over the Giants in a in a hard fought game. Uh, who knows about Jalen Hurts or, or what the Eagles are going to look like after a week off? But that's that's just my prediction there for the NFC. Uh, East battle there in Philadelphia. Uh, Sunday, we have the Browns, excuse me, the Browns. Wow. I tried to say Bills and um, Bills and Bengals. And I said the other B team, uh, the Bills and Bengals uh, are facing off. This is going to be a great football game. Uh, this was the game that should have been played a few weeks ago uh, when DeMar Hamlin uh, passed out. And, um, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of full hearts in this game uh, with an opportunity to advance to the AFC championship uh, game. The Bills are hungry to get there. The Bengals were there just last year. Uh, I like Joe Burrow better than Josh Allen. Uh, Josh Allen, the past few weeks, man, has really been reckless, uh, just run, turning the ball over left and right. I mean, you just can't have that stuff. I think Joe uh, Burrow is going to be smarter with the ball. I think we're going to see a, a pretty low-scoring game here, and I think it will be the Bengals who are, are out victorious, something along the lines of uh, – uh, like a 20 to 17, something like that. I think a one possession game for sure, but I do think the Bengals advance to their second straight AFC championship game uh, this year. And finally, the 49ers and the Cowboys. I mean, flip a coin. Either way, uh, one of them's going home, which is great, but either way, I'm screwed in that they go to the NFC championship. Uh, a big reminder. Remember when the Niners and Cowboys, back when they used to win Super Bowls, um, they played each other in the 90s there, and uh, some great matchups there with Steve Young and uh, uh, Jerry Rice against Michael Irvin and Troy Aikman. And Dallas won three Super Bowls in, in I think it was four years. 
uh, and then uh, in between a 49er Super Bowl there, but they always met in the playoffs, or so it seemed. AFC and excuse me, NFC Championship, and so it's pretty cool seeing them play each other back to back years. Last year in Dallas, this year in Santa Clara. So, uh, all my biases aside, um, I, I'm going to be rooting for Dallas. <laughs> I I know some of you are like you're recording this. This is this is this is in the records forever. Uh, you know what? Uh, the enemy of my enemy is my ally or something like that. I mean, this isn't exactly the allied powers in world war two or axis powers. And I won't even go into all that to, to uh, discredit uh, my opinions here, but I, I got to go. I'm rooting for the Cowboys. I'm tell you this. I'm rooting for the Cowboys. I do think the 49ers win the game. I, I think the 49ers will, uh, are a better team top to bottom. Um, the one advantage might be at quarterback and Dak Prescott, who's been inconsistent in his playoff career, but, uh, Brock Purdy knows nothing but winning and just is like, doesn't know anything like else to just get out there. And maybe the Dallas pass rush will, uh, will, will put some pressure on him, but 49ers got a heck of a pass rush too. So we'll see. I'm rooting for Dallas. Oh, that sounds so weird to say. Uh, I, I wish they could tie. I really do. I wish they could tie and no one advances, but uh, unfortunately one team will, I think it will be the 49ers and we'll get the one versus two matchup. Uh, on each side of the bracket. No, Buffalo's the number two. So anyway, that's my final four. Chiefs, Bengals, and Eagles 49ers. Oh, no. come on, Eagles. I need you. Eagles or Giants, you're my only hope. Otherwise, I'm going to have to wait an entire month for the Super Bowl, knowing that either the Cowboys or the 49ers will be in it. Don't do this to me, please. I've had a rough year already uh, here in the 2023, but uh, all is well. Playoff football. Uh, back for more action and going to be back next week on the get home safe podcast, recapping uh, those four games. Uh, Can't wait for it. Get all your chores done nice and early. We're going to finally take the Christmas decorations down Saturday morning, bright and early because it's been pouring rain here in uh, Covina. We're going to get that done and uh, set up shop for the games. Last week's menu. I got, it will not be this indulgent this weekend because I'm I'm cutting back. I know it's hard, but in, in January, uh, at some point, football season, playoff season, I said, all right, I'm still going to eat some good stuff, but not nearly the uh, great stuff. We, what did we do? We had shrimp cocktail. We had chips and guac. We had um, some like pastry cheese things. We had uh, pizza rolls, one of my personal favorites. Uh, I mean, we did we did some bacon in the morning. It was, it was an indulgent playoff weekend. And thankfully, from here on out, there's only two games a day. So four games this weekend, one, two games the following weekend. So the football... Uh, food indulgence will will dwindle away as uh, unfortunately football finishes up here in the next month or so guys thank you for tuning into the get home safe podcast big things ahead for not just this podcast but the other podcast charged to keep here which we will get going again in a couple of months uh christmas and new year's all that stuff's over we are into season four of the get home safe podcast uh nothing but uh uh of energy effort we're ready to go here keep this thing going if nothing else i get to vent some of my frustrations and opinions uh, for about uh, an hour or so and and some of you may listen in in spurts here or there but it's fun to get on here and do this thanks to you loyal listeners especially my uh my my favorite uh peruvian brother fred monoblanco who's uh, always tuning in uh loyally and giving me great feedback and uh, like he said uh his his weapon of war is social media we all have to go with what we got um his weapon of war is social media and he's a great uh facebook troll and and other 
other accounts as well. Uh, I prefer to come on and save up for a week and then spill out some of my opinions here on the uh, the podcast just to uh, so no one can talk back. Kind of like you know when I was officiating. Hey, what'd you say? What you you know? I'm gonna go uh <laughs> go Sean Smith on him. So uh, yeah, there's an opportunity for me to get on here and just say what's on my mind. And thank you for those of you that continue to listen. I know I'm, it's not that interesting. Me just talking about random football games and stuff, but for those that tune in, couldn't do it without you. And uh, looking forward to a lot more pods here in the future. Have some great ideas. Can't wait to get those things started. Happy January, everybody, as we roll right along and enjoy the rest of the NFL playoffs, the greatest postseason in the world. Yes. The world, no ties. Uh, every play matters. Uh, it's, it's just physicality, win one game in advance. And, uh, it's the best of the best playing the best of the best athletes in the world. And, uh, there is no disputing that. And if you'd like to, mm, I beg you to, uh, to try, but anyway, thanks guys. Talk to you soon. Be back next week. Enjoy the football. But as always guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or round in third base, get home safe.